is a beautiful snowy Monday in the great state of Oklahoma. You know, USA, here we are enjoying the best of winter. Nothing like a good four degree wind chill to start your day. I think if nothing else will get you awake, go outside for about two moments. And that'll be all you need. Hey, this is a great time to talk about something that I know a lot of us are experiencing. You got a new year off to start. You're looking happy. You got your new goals. And then what happens that first week of work? Train wreck. They bring you all of these projects, all these tasks, and just expect you to do them without your consent. Well, I'm going to help you today a little bit because before I introduce my co-host, we're going to talk about what really is essentialism. You know, too often we fail to think about the tasks we agree to and then the meetings we agree to attend. And once we start that project or join that meeting, we exhibit buyer's remorse. Yeah, you guessed it. That time, like you're sitting there going, why am I even here? How many times has this happened to you? Well, to me, it's happened many times, way too many times. So I started utilizing this approach today. We're going to talk about the three E's of essentialism and to share some of our best strategies on increasing your productivity and happiness in life. I have to bring on the person that makes the world spin in my world of podcasts, my co-host with the most, Lori Pugh. How are we doing, Lori? Good morning. Oh, we're good. We're so good. But you know, honestly, Jimmy, I'm kind of concerned about this topic. I feel like I might need to lean on the master. I essentialism. Interesting topic this morning. So let me help you in a way that I think may come to light for you, Lori, on essentialism. There's only really two things of great value in your life right now. But all these other things have value, but a great value. And that would be your son, Noah, and of course, me. And so that is the only... Just two. Very accurate. Very accurate this morning. I will give you that. Coffee coffee comes in a big time almost there at the top, but it's still a three. (laughs) Coffee's a three. I will give you one and two today. I I will agree with that. Love it. (laughs) So in talking about this topic, one of the greatest skills we can learn as humans is the disciplined pursuit of less. Now, listen, that statement on its face, you're automatically throwing up a red flag this morning going, well, hang on a second. Like, what What do you mean less coming from the lady that can't say no? But this doesn't mean that you can't say no. It just means that you got to put everything in perspective. And then rather we focus on, we focus on our passions that we enjoy or the activities that provide the greatest value and return on effort. Jimmy talks a lot about this one. You've got to have an investment and a return on your efforts. Everything changes when we give ourselves permission to be more selective in what we choose to do. At once, we hold the key to unlock the next level of achievement in our life. And in his book, Essentialism, you're going to hear that word a lot this morning. The book is by Greg McCowan, illustrates the use of this technique with his three E's, which Jimmy's going to have to really help me elaborate on this morning. Explore, eliminate, and execute. So step one, explore your options means to differentiate the trivial from the vital in your life. Is that really possible? We're going to find out. It's important to explore many options in a specific solution or task before committing to any of them. And if you're like me, the minute someone walks in and asks me to do something, no matter if I'm buried up to my eyeballs, I'm the type of person that will drop everything to say, yes, I will help. 
she but, even does that she even does that for podcast recordings at you know <laughs> morning <laughs> well that's because you know we, we talk about passions and and you know believe it or not i am now starting to develop a passion for podcasting i'm by no means as, as good as the the master jimmy williams but i feel like i'm getting there but however you must finally commit to the task and go big and if anybody knows go big or go home that's jimmy so I can't wait to hear his take on this. So when you go big on one or two ideas or one or two activities, then you'll use your mental and physical energy in a manner that increases your success. Now, this is the idea. Ask yourself questions like, what inspires me? And what meets a significant need in the world? These are great topics and great starting points. And think of this approach as doing the right thing at the right time for the right reason. So to give a little backstory and example on this, you talk about having kids. Honestly, it took my husband five years to convince me that it was time to have a baby. And most of the time it's different. Women are the ones that want to have kids and men are a little bit less um, motivated sometimes, for lack of a better word. And they talk about how it's never the right time. But I, in my mind, as a woman, as a business professional, as a community member, as a family member, I struggled with the idea of being quote unquote ready. So I think this explore topic, this first step this morning, I love that, that the approach is the right thing at the right time for the right reason. Well, I can tell you that I sued and had scenarios and checklists and pros and cons, and it all went out the window. Because if I learned anything, having a kid does not meet those three criteria. You just have to go for it. Yeah, you can have all the lists you wish on this childbearing thing. You can study all the books. You can do anything you want. And I will tell you, after that first contraction hit my wife, it's all out the door. I mean, <laughs> it's survival time, baby. It's survival time. My wife did the Bill Cosby. You know what that is? And I know Mr. Cosby's in some trouble right now, but I got to tell you, it was really funny at the time. He said, if you men want to know what pregnancy is life, like and giving childbirth, take your bottom lip, stretch it up over your head to the back of your <laughs> neck. <laughs> That's what it's like. <laughs> I, you hey. know, it's, it's an interesting example, but I really think that it applies. And I think a lot of times, you know, women, especially young women now that are getting out of college and going into their careers, it's, it's a definite conversation starter and concession. I mean, we statistics show that women are starting families later in life, or some couples are choosing not to have kids at all. So I just thinking along those lines, that's the first thing that hit me this morning. I don't know why. Maybe no. I'm not caffeinated enough. <laughs> Got to get that IV started earlier. <laughs> You know, no, that's a great topic, uh, a great way to look at this too, but also think about in your daily life at work. So for many of us that go to the office, a lot of times you look in that inbox and there's 18 different items that need to get done. Well, do you just take the first one off the top and take it and you go, okay, let's start on it. What if it's the most trivial of the 18, your supervisor's needing number eight that's in the middle and you didn't even look through them to see which was, or if you will, explore those that were the options of what you should have chosen. And so to me, this first E means that I need to explore. I need to look at all the options, lay them out, and then do what you said. So you looked at that and you said, hey, the first thing is we got to look at when we have the right time. So that means we'll win something due, right? And then you said the next one was that you would look at the right 
the right item or right thing? Is it the right one to do? And then your last one, of course, was the one that most important is, is what, what did you say? It was the right the reason. The right reason. Yeah. So, so those are what, where, and what, when, and why. And those are so critical in life, if you think about it, because we have all kinds of things to do. So let's prioritize something. So in my career, I had a lot of things going on. We were growing the company big time, and I had smaller children. So we had our children a little later in life. Uh, Dina was like 21. I was 50. And uh, so <laughs> I felt like it some days, getting up changing huh? diapers in the middle of the night. Golly. <laughs> and let me tell you guys, when they sit there at those little baby showers and they have that little fake poop in the little napkin and say, oh, it's cute. It's all there's nothing cute about human feces <laughs> no. at two in the morning, especially if the child's got milk all over it. And it's just like you got to bathe them at two thirty in the morning. That's just not anyway. I digress. But my point, <laughs> but my point to this is, is. You prioritize things. So what I told my assistant that took care of my calendar at the time, and I'm going to get to that in a minute about delegation, but what I asked her to do, I said, let me explain something to you. Here's my daughter's school activities, dance schedule, um, if they had a soccer game, whatever they were in, and we did all kinds of activities with them. I said, that's your priority. I said, if the clients will you know, not allow me to spend time with my children, then it's probably not the right client for us. You know what I mean? And, and we appreciate all of our clients, but I mean, we wanted to know that family comes first. And so we are a family first company. We still to this day, 25 years later, are a family first company. And the one thing that I gained from that is I started doing spring breaks because my older daughter is five years older than their sister. And she said, how come, you know, dad, we don't ever get to go snow skiing or we don't get to go on a spring break when all the other kids do. And I said, well, it's not because of resources except for time. You know, dad's got a busy season here. You know, CPAs were always busy in the spring. And it just came to me. And I said, you know what? The why. Let me answer that why. So we had the when. Well, spring break is pretty well fine out. The school tells you when they're going to be out for the week. That's usually in March. Okay. And then, you know, we wanted to look at, well, what is it? Well, it's time off with the kids. That to me was vital. That was important. We're going to get to that in a minute on Eisenhower's Matrix. So I said to myself, the why is much more powerful than anything I could come up with for that week at the office. It really was. And so we just explained to clients a month ahead of time, hey, I'm going to be gone this week. Here's the team. They can help solve any problems you have. I'm going to take my kids and my wife, and we're going to go somewhere and spend time with them. And we've done that now, like I said, for about the last 20 years. It just worked out, you know. So that, that's the point of exploring. Look at your options. See what's most vital. So, Lori, is there anything other than childbirth that maybe gives you options to explore on a daily basis, say, at your <laughs> office? <laughs> you know, I think in the in the digital age now that we're living in the world of Zoom meetings, it definitely, we do a lot of meetings. I mean, hour after hour, and and it's about prioritizing. It's like you said, do I really need to do this meeting at this time? What is the topic and what in terms of time management? I think that the three things in this explore topic go right along hand in hand with time management. It helps you focus on the things that, you know, you prioritize in time management of deadline, date, location, uh, and how much time it's going to take. So definitely, definitely time management in terms of, you know, meeting back to back to back in a packed schedule. You know, let's explore one other thing. Let's assume you have to go to all these meetings. Well, to be very frank with you, when I go to meetings, and I do this on any of my charitable boards that I sit, and I love to be passionate about them, but it doesn't mean I want to spend two hours at this meeting if there's nothing I can contribute to the productivity of the meeting or, or 
to the depth of the meeting. So what I often do will ask the chair who's setting the agenda to say, would you mind moving me up earlier in the agenda so that I may go ahead and present what I need to present? And then I will ease myself out and, and move to other things. Cause that to me is just taking good control of your mental energy, your, your time, as well as again, going to that. Why, you know, I want to be there. I just don't want to be there for two hours. Now I'm not saying some people do, but I have some clients that just love a good two to three hour meeting because they've got mm -hmm. nothing else to do. They're retired. Right. Right, right. And that's, that's cool for them, though. And that's great for them. And that's their why. And we need those people very badly. But sometimes Jimmy has other things uh, more pressing. So that leads us to the second step, Lori. The most difficult of steps, because I'm going to explain something to you. I have a very difficult time saying words that are profane to people. Yes, you heard me right. There's oh. a two letter word that's profane to people. And that word is no. Uh. <laughs> So that's second, a very hard, ugly it word. Is, it is, because I'm the kind of guy that I want everybody to go, hey, you know, he is so nice and so giving. And, you know, we can be, but let's talk a little bit about this second step of eliminate. So if we're going to explore all of our options, we got to eliminate some of those. You know, and this, as I said, the most difficult of steps for many of us. Uh, we're programmed that those around us often find ourselves just saying yes too quickly, and we should have said no. Saying no takes courage and compassion. A lot of people think it's rude. It is not rude to say no if it's not something that you can prioritize at that time. It goes against social conventions and, to be honest, expectations of people. No one gets told no. Matter of fact, I love this. I'm the kind of guy that no one tells me no. To wit, Lori's here early this morning. She came. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I may have to double her pay. Three coffees. Three coffees. Okay. <laughs> Uh, start the IV like at 4 a.m., get her really going. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I might say this to you, though. If, in fact, as employees, good team members, coaches even, um, leaders, whatever we may be, it basically says, if I say yes to everything, I'll be unable to say yes to the big thing that really adds the greatest value because I only have a finite amount of time. So uh, the opposite is typically true. If I say no to more things, then I have that time to really move the needle on project. So, uh, you know, if you've been a loyal listener to this podcast, and many of you have, and we're in 57 countries, Lori, you really knocking it out. When Lori's on the podcast, we're probably in like a thousand countries. I don't know, but I know of 57. But you know, I'm a big fan, Lori, of Warren Buffett, the man yeah. from Omaha. He is just the a smart gentleman the billionaire investor has many wonderful quotes that have uh, been very helpful to me in my career in life he said the difference between successful people and really successful people is that really successful people say no to almost everything buffett has learned his creative freedom and ability to keep himself happy in life depends on his control of time energy and mental capability by saying no more than yes, he controls his day and performs only those vital tasks that bring great value to him and his investors. So he's not just raising the tide for himself. He's raising all boats in the harbor by helping everyone through his ability to say no to trivial matters. Let me talk to you real quick, though, Laura. I got to share you with something. It's called 100 Tasks to Delegate. I know you're going to laugh. There's not 100 things you can delegate in a day. I've got proof of that. I've got this list. <laughs> 
you're going to have to prove it to me. Yeah, I've got this list, lady. You're <laughs> going to love this. I have taken every aspect at our office. I mean, literally every aspect from opening the door early in the morning when it's time to open the office to setting up an appointment to whatever. I've got a hundred tasks that you can delegate to someone that I promise you will do them much better than yourself. And I have as a goal to always have at least 95 of those delegated that I'm not spending valuable time on something that someone else could do and do better than me. So that's my goal for you today, Lori. I'm going to give you my list. I'm going to send it to you tomorrow. And it's going to be the 100 tasks to eliminate. And you're going to laugh. You're going to share them with your uh, your CEO of the school system. And you're going to say, now, from now on, if I'm not doing that, it doesn't mean it's not important. It's just I'm going to let someone else do it. <laughs> So absolutely vital. I, honestly, as I get older in my professional career and, and in my in my personal life, we find that saying no is such a negative thing, but it's absolutely necessary. I, and I find that when I don't say no, my plate gets so overwhelmed because I'm too busy trying to make sure that I say yes because I want to be helpful. I want to be a team player. I want to be part of a team and I want to have success. But by the time I say yes to everything and I don't say no to anyone. I find myself angry, stressed, bitter, resentful. So really, I'm very curious to know about this delegation list because I think that kind of, you're absolutely right, goes hand in hand. If we find things that we can delegate, and I know as women that that is really hard to do because we just are of the mindset, I'll just do it real quick. I don't want to you know, inconvenience someone. I can handle it. It's just something small. I will take care of it. I don't want to ask them because I know their plate's full too. And so we just take on and take on and take on. And then we find ourselves just stressed and frazzled. And at the end of the day, ready to just Nothing's lose done. our minds. <laughs> right. Because we're so busy, <laughs> caught up in the trying to get done. So I've got to tell you, I got one of the strangest yet most wonderful compliments one day. It's been months ago, back in the fall. We get asked, uh, there's so many worthy causes, and we get asked by a lot of them, hey, would you serve on this board? Would you help us with this uh, project? You know, I'm just saying, hey, you know, I think that's a wonderful project, but no, I can't at this time. And I just talked and I just told this young lady that came in, and she needed some help on her board, and she had a very worthwhile project, but that wasn't my priority. And for me to take my eye off that top priority means that I delay the satisfaction of completing something that's really big in my goals for something that's not even on my goals. You with me? I mean, they, somebody's distracted it, me, so to speak. Yeah. That well, shiny but... object syndrome, you know, you ladies have. <laughs> <laughs> Walk through the mall. Hey, yeah. honey, where, Dina, where are you? Oh, she's at the Zales <laughs> uh, counter over there. All uh, it takes is one look. I'm just telling you, <laughs> just to get off that. You know, uh, another... that... go ahead. Yeah. No, well, I was just, it's so true. I... Oh, that shiny object and you spend so much time committing to it at the you know we talk about the beginning of the year how we set goals and like what our big goal and you find yourself so you've got your blinders on you're ready you're rocking you're rolling and all of a sudden there comes a distraction and you can just try your best to just ignore it but it's like so tantalizing so you know just come and get me I'm this big distraction and I'm here and I'm in your way and I'm going to derail you for you know hours weeks sometimes months. It's, it's just so frustrating. It is. And I'm going to help you now and all of our listeners, Lori, with a tool I use literally all the time. I have this in my planner. I keep copies of it in my journals. You're going to laugh when I tell you about this. This thing's a two by two matrix. That's it. Two by two. 
two boxes on top of two boxes. Okay. This is called the Eisenhower matrix because President Eisenhower used it to run this country. Believe it or not, it was one of the Boxes? simplest. Yes, the simplest thing. It's a matrix on a piece of paper. Let me explain what it does. So this is a two by two matrix, as I said. The top left box of this matrix says important and urgent. And in that, he means whatever task you put to that box means do it now. It's got to be done. It's vital. It's urgent. It's important, right? The box to the right of that on the upper right-hand side is the not urgent. I'm sure is the urgent, not important box. Now, what that means, basically, oh, scratch that. Where are we at? We're at 2632. Remind me, 2632. <laughs> Sorry, I'll have him take that out. I screwed that one right up. That's why Dakota gets paid the big bucks. Thanks. Sorry, Dakota. <laughs> roll it back. We're going to start over on this comment. So roll it back for us, if you would, sir. So the Eisenhower matrix is a two-by-two two matrix that basically is this. Upper left-hand box says important and urgent which means to Eisenhower, do it now. It is vital. It's critical. We've got to do it now. Then he had the box to the upper right that said it was important, but not urgent. And that simply meant to him that decide when to do it, when it needed to be done. Then the lower left-hand box was urgent, not important. So you can see the urgency there, but not important, which meant you delegate that task. Now that's your hundred items to delegate where it's urgent ah, but it's goes back not to important right now here's the thing in okay. life life is filled with this next box and too often it's the one that screams the loudest the squeaky wheel gets the grief whatever analogy you want to use the kid that's crying right did you know it's good for a baby to cry but why is it as soon as that first whimper comes out that baby's got us trained just like a cat right our daughter has a cat. Uh, will look at you until you feed it, or it'll come up and wrap its tail around your face until you get up and feed, you know, that kind of stuff. This last box, the lower right-hand box, is the not urgent, not important, which means you either do it later or in Jimmy's way of thinking, you dump the whole thing out in the trash. Just throw it away. <laughs> if it's not urgent and not important, why even take up the time, right? So you can go to our website at www.livealifeby.design and obtain a copy of this matrix and put it to use today. Lori, this thing has changed my way of thinking years ago simply by giving me the frame of mind I need to make good decisions. Well, I think it's interesting because it sounds so simple. I mean, it doesn't have to be a complicated. When you said the word matrix, I thought, oh boy, here we go. This is going to be like a brain teaser. I'm going to need a flow chart for a flow chart. But you know, it it sounds really simple. I mean, it sounds like something that I could even utilize, but the last box, I think I need to rename the last box. The last box to me equates to what I affectionately refer to sometimes as the dumpster fire. Yes, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Now, you do have dumpster to admit, fire. though, one thing. When you heard me say Matrix, you immediately thought Jimmy's going to do his impersonation of Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, yes. <laughs> well, and... And I hope the listeners can get that reference because that, that definitely, mm, the matrix, if you haven't, <laughs> look it up. It's good. That's good stuff. But, so in saying all this, like, I'm, I'm definitely, so we've got some tools here. We've already talked about how in the first E, if we'll go back to the beginning in the E of essentialism, see, we're using all kinds of E words, Eisenhower, essentialism, <laughs> you got this. We talked about explore. We talked about eliminate. 
But lastly, we need to talk about execute. If you become an essentialist, you will find that execution is the most efficient and forceful process to realize a project or a goal. You will invest the time you saved in the first two steps in creating a system for removing obstacles and making execution as easy as possible. Our world is filled with distractions. We've talked a lot about those. Sometimes they're big, sometimes they're small, but they're still there. They're distractions that are worthless and energy sapping. Binging on TV shows that add nothing to your knowledge of history or biographical capabilities is one example, but we do love our shows. Let's be honest. <laughs> We've recently discovered this show, Nailed It, on Netflix. That's not a plug, but check it out because it's, it's funny because it's about my level of baking capabilities. It's about people who epically fail at baking, and that is totally me. But I digress. So you're going to eliminate those time wasters in your life. You, I'm not saying you can't watch TV. Just don't binge it for 12 hours. That's just not healthy. So you truly realize your potential in life when you focus on escaping the focus. That sounds like a circular statement, but think about it. Think about the time you choose to give yourself freedom to concentrate and devote significant energy to creating your bigger, better, and bolder future. For many of us, this is an infrequent activity. Sometimes on a Monday morning, your brain just can't get there. But if you need to re-listen to this podcast to fully absorb it 125%, it's available to you. So we suggest you invert this way of thinking. Spend a few moments in mind-numbing activities and allow yourself to focus on the important and vital activities that empower you to create greater value in the marketplace. The result, you yourself become more valuable. So you said that? something. I love what you said. You said it doesn't mean we can't spend some time in the trivial. It's just that we shouldn't spend a majority of our time in the trivial. See, that's yes. where the rest of the world is, but not live a life by design listeners. They are there to make a difference, not to be a deference to productivity, if you'll pardon my pun. But the key is, <laughs> is that we all have a space and position to play in this world that someone else is depending on us to show up our biggest, best, you know, the most powerful person that we can be of ourselves and really bring it that day. And that's why you must learn to execute. To me, that's the most important. It's kind of like you can have the best game plan for any football game, but if your team doesn't go out there and execute that plan, you've got defeat. You're never going to well, win I the golden ball, right? I, I think you're absolutely right. And what a better, euphoric, exhilarating feeling to have a weight lifted off your shoulders almost when you execute something. It's the finality. It's the, it's the prize at the end. You've accomplished, you've finished, you've wrapped something up with a pretty little bow and you've passed it off and you've done what you needed to do so that you can go on to the next task and give that your full time and attention and all of your energy. Oh, that's a great, great way to close out the segment on execution. Uh, each of the three E's are simply vital to the success that you'll experience in life. And these are not three separate considerations, Lori, but a cyclical process. So think of a circle. First, we've got to explore. And then we move the circle up to eliminate what's not important or vital. And then we come down and execute on that that we decided was the final, most important and most vital. And then we go explore some more. And it just continues to circle. And it keeps evolving, so we improve in our skills, and we gain and retain control of us, which is the most important person control. You know, this is our 
fiftieth episode, Lori. Can you believe that? Woo! Woo! Yay! So what I, want, what I want you to know we did, Lori and I, every week for 150 consecutive weeks, have explored, <laughs> eliminated a lot. Boy, have we and, explored. And we execute a little, but we get there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's not about how long it takes, it's long, just as long as you get there. That's it. You've got to finish. <laughs> hey, that's so my whole week- strategy for running 5Ks. <laughs> Don't laugh. All right, Everybody gets a ribbon, people. I want my ribbon. Okay. Listen, my favorite meme of all time is when I, during COVID, when COVID first started, I decided I was going to take up not running, but jogging. And it was so funny. I just happened to go down to the track here in our local community and someone saw me and they were like, oh, yay, go. We're so proud of you. You're running. And then later they shared this meme that says, don't worry. I realize I look like a turtle running through peanut butter. <laughs> and so <laughs> well yes. two of my favorite things in life i love turtles for one and man who could not love peanut butter i mean come on oh, peanut butter is amazing it that's is. your monday morning so here's the challenge this week this week we want you to gain more control of your energy your day and your ambition use the eisenhower matrix to help you prioritize your tasks or your projects and don't be afraid to call that last box of dumpster fire Sometimes we got to put things there, but focus on the three E's, explore, eliminate, and execute your bigger, better, and bolder life. And until next week, live live your life life by design. You can get a complete transcript of today's show online at livealifeby.design. If you like the show, please tell your friends and family about it. Also, we would be very appreciative if you would leave a review of the show wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been a Life Master Key production. The program is copyrighted by Jimmy J. Williams and Company, all rights reserved. Our production assistant is Amy Cotton. Our intern is Brindley. Brindley.